And for someone, I mean, a lot of people were really prepared for to launch, and you 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 you, you script your life around a freaking Kickstarter launch date, and if they're like, oh, just kidding. Yeah, I, I, I scripted my anxiety around it. <laughs> right, or whatever, right? I mean... Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. This week I have a discussion with three interesting people, Doug Cole, James Floyd Kelly, and Zach Goins. You get three times the number of guests at the same low price. We were scheduled together on Wednesday to record a session about Kickstarter and about marketing topics. The Zine Quest 4 announcements left the RPG Zine community on Facebook reeling. The implication of Kickstarter's announcement is far-reaching, and it shows just how dependent the community creators are upon this platform and how precarious our standing is. The episode is a bit chaotic as we were all trying to come to terms with the situation and think about ways to deal with it. Brothers and sisters, it's time to step on board the anxiety train and get rambling. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. 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 We are here uh, to discuss um, Kickstarter, but uh, mainly uh, recent developments on the uh, on Zine Quest. And uh, there's been a lot of hubbub going on. Uh, first of all, the expectation was Zine Quest 4 was going to happen in February. Then we found out it wasn't. And then we, um, then we found out that uh, it's going to happen in August. So the purpose of this podcast, we're going to we're going to kind of delve into that. But I've got three people joining me. If you uh, gentlemen want to introduce yourselves, I guess we'll we'll start with James. Uh, hi, uh, my name is James Floyd Kelly. Uh, real quick, I'm in Atlanta and I am the publisher of Delver magazine, which is a it is a zine and it comes out every other month. And it's specifically tailored to old school uh, game players. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, my name is Douglas Cole. Uh, I'm out of Minneapolis. Uh, I am the chief everything officer of uh, Gaming Ballistic. Uh, I publish uh, mostly ga uh, games for what we, uh, under license for Steve Jackson Games, uh, but I also do some work in the uh, OSR and uh, 5e fantasy heartbreaker space, if I'm being honest with myself. <laughs> and your heart has been broken. It has. It has. <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. Awesome. Uh, my name is Zach Goins. I'm from Kansas City, and I uh, run the company World of Game Design, along with uh, the smaller companies, Bite Size Gaming and Drifters Atlas, things like that. We make a whole bunch of zines and hardcover books and all sorts of RPGs around 5th edition, Mothership, Morkborg, just about everything. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, we were here. I mean, it's kind of... a. a I guess happenstantial that well, and we were going to talk anyway about Kickstarters, but it was the you know recently. Uh, are any of you guys planning on? Were you planning on a February uh, release of any product for ZineQuest? Yep. Okay, so Zach, you were too. Uh, yeah. Okay. I publish every other month, and it just coincided. <laughs> it just coincided that it's in February. So yeah, and and Doug's not a not a zine guy yet, but uh, he's definitely tied into heavy into Kickstarters. And this, I, to me, really this this whole topic does affect not just people dealing with zines, but any creative person dealing with Kickstarter. To me, what's what's been hard is a Zine Quest has been important for the zine community. I think I think in it, in a lot of ways it helped expand the zine community in ways that not intentional, 
uh, directly, but it, it, the after effect has been a huge increase, I think, in over the years of helping promote zine, zine makers, and that, zone, that, own, that whole ecology. But it was always in February, and then but it was never actually and officially announced until what, like, like the second week in January or first week in January. Yeah. So yeah. there was never any, nobody was ever told ahead of time. And then this year, for those that don't know, they, there was no formal announcement. Somebody posted a post by somebody that works for Kickstarter saying they weren't going to have it in February. And then there was a, a big hubaloo hub going on. And we found out later on that there's, they actually going to do it during July. Or maybe August. Who knows? Or I'm sorry. Yeah, August. Not <laughs> it, it, it coinciding with, with Gen Con. Right. I, I meant, yeah, right. In August. So, so there's a lot of us that put energy in, but it, it, I think one of the things is we're going to just cover probably a number of topics, but one of the things, you know, a lot of us are dependent on Kickstarter. A lot of us have also planned around ZineQuest. It also does not appear that ZineQuest is, to me, something that Kickstarter, even though they've done it in the past, it does not appear to be a core, um, a, a core item that they, that they look to doing. It almost seems like feels like an afterthought and maybe somebody's pet project at one time who's maybe no longer in that position is what it feels like. I don't know. I don't have any inside knowledge. So the question I guess really is going to be as creatives and people who are publishing um, how we look at Kickstarter, how we look at ZineQuest, alternatives, where we're at, where we should be. Um, and this is going to be kind of a hodgepodge show, but uh, I'll just kind of leave it at the floor Zach, do you have any initial thoughts you want to go through? Yeah, I think you kind of hit it on the head with this is indicative of the process that we've seen before. That's both uh, 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 something that I don't like to see, but it's also something that kind of makes this blow a little less sharp, right? Um, it's not like Kickstarter has been behind Zine Quest with Rah Rah and Fanfare um, every other year. Um, it's been a quiet, out the gate sort of project, and it's only because the community has picked it up and ran with it. And like you say, I think you know all the creators that maybe wouldn't have done a zine before. I a zine because oh, there's this there's this thing that happens every February. Well, I'll do something for that. Um, so it's always been a soft promo on their side. Because of that, I don't know that them dropping support for it in February really is going to change that much about the process. Uh, or if it does change things, it's going to be because creators choose for it to change things for them, right? Um, some creators are going to move to different platforms. Some people are going to delay their launch uh, to either August or, or whenever. And some people are going to skip the crowdfunding process altogether and are just going to go straight to production. All those are reasonable ideas, but this choice by Kickstarter is not making you do any of those. And there's still going to be a crowd on Kickstarter. And it's still going to be the biggest crowdfunding crowd out there. Um, so really the only thing you're losing, like you said, is a little landing page tucked into the corner of the Kickstarter page, um, and your name amidst 200 other names on that landing page. Yeah, but isn't there, if I recall correctly, everybody's involved in ZineQuest, there is a page that shows everybody. 
Oh, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm getting at is like, yeah, there's, there's definitely a page that shows everybody uh, that's involved. Uh, but again, we had what, like 200 and some projects last year. Right. So um, if you launched at the beginning, you know, when there was a lot of excitement, you, you likely caught the, the, the fruit of an early launch and had a pretty right. good run, but you were buried oh, three days later. Right. Like, um, you disappeared in the crowd and that was great. Like there's tons of people. It's okay to disappear, but then you launch in the middle and you're, you, you know, you have a day of fame and then you kind of slip away and it's cool. Like it's what, still part you of gotta something. admit is a little bit like every other Kickstarter you have, you have launch day, <laughs> the giant suck in the middle and then a couple people coming in along the end to, to maybe make your project work. Uh, sorry, I'm not bitter or nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it, it, you know, one of the interesting things, though, um, is that, you know, this is an opportunity as well. Kickstarter has great ne networking impact. Uh, and, and last year I tried a directive backer kit uh, experiment with uh, a short adventure uh, that was ready to go. Right. Like much like a zine. Uh, all the art was paid for, all the writing was done, all the layout was done. I was, I even printed a hundred copies before I, uh, yeah. before I even launched the project. Um, and so, you know, I went right to backer kit, people placed their orders and I shipped them their stuff the next day <laughs> yeah. because backer kit doesn't make you wait and then, then make right. you wait two weeks and whatever. So, so there are, there are significant drawbacks to the, Kickstarter process, sort of not the, not the infrastructure, but the the the, the right. timing and the block and tackle that comes along with it. Um, that this is also an opportunity to say, well, what did we get? What did we not like? And is there a way to take the community to a place that uh, um, can get the things that we like and and bypass some of the things that we don't? Yeah. I uh, hey Jeff, um, I think there is one very promising thing that's coming out of this. You know, right now, ZineQuest happens in February. Not this February, but that's the schedule that we've had. There, is a, I, there was a lot of discussion on the Facebook groups, and there was one that I saw that was so, I think it hit it on the head. And I think, I could be wrong, I think it's called Zine Month. Yeah. yeah. And their goal if I understood it correctly, because there wasn't a whole lot of information, was why is why with the interest in gaming and zines and publishing in general, it doesn't have necessarily have to be a zine, but the idea that we as creators could find a place, a website, I don't know how they're going to present their their content, the, the creator content, but me as a as a buyer. If I know that this is off of Kickstarter, but that every month I can go to this website and see what the hot new zines are for the month, now I don't have to wait a year to get the cool zines. I can just – I have a monthly place that I can, I can check a daily, a weekly. Um, as often as I like, I can go there and see what people are doing. The, 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 the clincher is that we as creators – we are going to have to get behind, if we choose to, if we want it to succeed, we're going to have to get behind one of these ideas. And it may not be Z month, it could be something else, but we're going to have to get behind the idea so that people know 
all right, Kickstarter is is once a year, but this is a more regular uh, a, a more regular um, time period. And if we could get that, now you can release your zine anytime you want, and you know that there's going to be a certain number of audience members that are coming to that website or whatever, and seeing your image, your description. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that is it is a fundraising type site. It doesn't have to follow the Kickstarter model. I don't think it can deviate too far. You know, you don't want to put a zine up for say six months or three months. It needs to be that shorter time period. Um, but I hope that somebody is working on a, and I, I, I like the monthly idea. I hope somebody's putting together a place that I can go monthly and upload whatever it is I'm publishing that month and get the, get the eyeballs on it. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, with Kickstarter, I think one of the key things that seems to make it work well is that, uh, or ZineQuest is that there's a, a, a large mass of people offering things at the same time. You know, I think that's the other thing. And I, I think that if, if there is that possibility just by a large group coordinating every three months, every four months or whatever it may be, you know, there, there probably are opportunities if we can figure out ways that we can band together and self and promote others at the same time. I think yeah. there's, there's definitely some opportunities to help mitigate some of the issues with like a loss of a potential zine quest. Yeah. It, the, the zine month website is interesting, especially, and again, I don't know what their, what their full vision for it is, James, just like, like you said. Um, but one of the things that they're suggesting is that they'll have a feature where you can go on, you you submit your crowdfunding project and you say, Hey, I'm crowdfunding on Indiegogo or I'm crowdfunding on Kickstarter. And uh, they'll compile everybody's projects from all over the place and put them in one spot that you can browse as a buyer and say, maybe I didn't think about some of these platforms or, you know, I hadn't checked Indiegogo in two weeks. Uh, but if I'm here, you know, and it's mixed in right around with Kickstarters, then that's great. The The trickiness of that is that you're, it's one more step removed, right? Um, exactly. No matter, no matter how great of a platform it is, it's not Kickstarter core. And so you're going to have to, everybody's going to have to come behind it, like you said, and say, you know, on our Kickstarter pages and our updates, you know, thoroughly pointing people that direction. I, I would look as much as I like the idea of a zine month page, what I really think is that it should be opened up to RPGs in general, just TTRPG month or whatever, in the sense that, uh, you know, Jeff, you, you kind of say this in one of your like, uh, quote unquote, rules sections on the Facebook page, like we're not here to police what a zine is, right? Yeah. Um, and the same thing is, is, is true here is that um, I think we're all in what we're all interested in are these is 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 TTRPG content and different stuff and indie stuff and smaller publishing house stuff and um i think for a website like that to be successful i need to know that um you know if i do a zine tomorrow that i can have it up on there but if i do a little soft cover or a little hard cover or whatever two months from now that can also go there i can point people then as well um at least that would be that would yeah, be the dream. I think you made a good point because what's what's really happened is, you know, we've we've I think if you would have asked people 10 years ago what a zine was, there would be a very unified, clear 
description of what a zine was, but I think we've, myself included, I think we've kind of morphed the, the, the definition of zine to being probably more than what it, not saying it's wrong, but we are kind of, uh, you know, being very liberal in our interpretation of the word and, and kind of pushing boundaries. And they have turned into more professional, quote unquote, professional publications. You know, well, I, I think that's the big concern, like what Zach said, is we have to be careful because if we create another 300 pound gorilla um, that, that, that we're putting our, our, our content into for promotion, um, I, I like the indie aspect that ZineQuest hints at. You're, you're not seeing like Cobalt um, uh, Press throwing, you know, a book or, you know, something on there during ZineQuest. Zine they know that it's, it's these small publishing houses. I, I just think that wherever we end up, we need to make sure that it's, I, and this is just me, I, I, I would like that small independent feel knowing that these publishers aren't these mega, you know, house printers and, and I'm not having to compete with, a, say, a Cobalt Press. It's so tricky though, right? Because, um, you know, Three years ago, we would have said mothership absolutely applies as a scene. And then this this year, right, or like last year at this point, they put out a box set of zines, right? It's still yeah. zines, and it does 1.5 million, which they're the outlier. But um, like, it's hard to argue that if they would have launched that project during Zine Quest, that it's not just as reasonable as many other projects that launched <laughs> right. during Zine Quest. We'd um, all hate them though for doing so well. But you're yeah. right; it'd be legit. <laughs> one one has to wonder though if if the mothership zine box of zines, ultimate zine, whatever, would have done as well dropping for the first time as what it was on a zine quest type thing, right? I mean the 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 burn of of word of mouth and getting out there and whatever, and then all of a sudden. Well, bam! Here's production values out the wazoo in a dedicated professional thing. Seemed to be the appeal of that. Although my mailbox did fill up with, I don't get the appeal of this, uh, <laughs> even as it hit 1.5 million dollars. So somebody got the, lots of somebody's got the appeal of it. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's you know, it, it's as we talk. You know, it's one of these things where in the indie slash amateur uh, role-playing game space or, or zine space or creative space, um, you know, you can sort of see a couple of tracks, right? You got people who once a year, they're going to throw down a certain number of pages and they just do it and it's out there and yay, and they'll forget about it or, or invest or, or work until the next one. And it's not something that they do six times a year, right? Every other month, like, like James does. Um, so you've got kind of a, and I mean this in the nicest possible way. I don't want to, this is, you got a bit of a throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Dean, uh, you've got uh, someone who has enough ideas and the need to get them out there that they're going to publish regularly, right? It's more of a periodical zine. Um, and it may be, the topic may change, but you know, I've not read James's zine, but he's out there six times a year and he's going to keep doing that. And that's his thing. And so there's that. Uh, then there are probably one-off zines from established people, right? 
Um, and then you've got like, what if Frog God or or Steve Jackson Games or Wizards of the Coast decided to do a zine, right? Well, I mean, heck, Pyramid is a zine, right? <laughs> Pyramid Magazine was a long running zine, ran every month and had, you know, 20, 30, 40 pages of content written by pros and paid. Uh, yeah, that's how I got my start as a writer, uh, submitting to an editor who ripped my stuff up and said, do better. And I did better. And, you know, then I tried to still do better, whatever. Right. So so you've got some tracks that would be worth keeping separate. And if you had a landing page and said, oh, what indie stuff is on this week? Right. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, what what is what is, you know, uh, you know, mages of the North Shore or something gonna do for their amazing thing that's 20 bucks and full color and blah 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 and yeah sure it's gonna be awesome if you play you know ninth edition of the world's youngest role-playing game um but you know that's a different category of stuff that uh uh and and you don't want to make those dollars compete so you treat them differently but it'd be awfully nice to go see uh a place and and as you say it's a landing page or four, right? And you have a calendar and what zines are on the calendar in each of the several tracks and it moves, right? What's on, you know, here's, here's the launch day. Here's it's coming up, you know, do I want to click to sign up for an email for this? Cause really that's what Kickstarter does, right? It's, it's pretty good. So here, here, here was my conclusion from backer kit and then I'll, I'll shut up for a little bit. <laughs> What Kickstarter really does well is it, it's a mailing list where you opt in and you seek out that information, right? So as a Kickstarter uh, uh, browser, when I click follow the campaign or whatever, whatever, and I get the email that, you know, uh, uh, Jeff is about to launch something, I look for that, I go to that. It's it's a purposeful opt-in. It's almost 100% open rate if you want to talk in market research terms, right? You read your stuff because you asked for it and so you get it. It's not like a mailing list where either your email program or you circular file it almost immediately or you push it off into updates or whatever, right? So the hit rate for Kickstarter is a lot better and people are looking for plate ways to spend money. I mean, it's the ideal, It's it's like, it's like fishing out of a stocked pond. You know you're going to get a bite, you know. Um, and, and so that's the thing about the Kickstarter is that you have the opportunity to get people to opt in to looking at your stuff, and you are not preaching to your choir because it goes beyond your mailing list. So there's a networking effect. Beyond that, Kickstarter's interface for putting your project in there is nothing spectacular. It's a pain in the butt to deal with. Uh, the delays that you get from project closure to getting your money are long, uh, especially if you're trying to do multiples per year. Um, and the fact that you can't do multiple waves to take care of shipping means that very frequently you have to opt for a backer kit or some sort of uh, uh, post campaign manager thing because on you know, the, the greatest way to lose money on the early days of Kickstarter was to take a guess at what shipping would cost you and be wrong. Right. You know, so, so Kickstarter is really a very powerful marketing 
platform, but in a way it's like drinking Coke. You drink Coke because you love Coke. It, it, you know, it's, you know, I'm a Coca-Cola drinker. I'm, you know, and, and you couldn't substitute that new Coke might've tasted better. In fact, in blind taste tests, it did, but people don't, didn't want to be a new Coke drinker. They wanted to be a Coke drinker. It was important. They're not blind. They're not blinded when they drink it. <laughs> right. You know, um, exactly. Right. So, so the whole point of all that is what Kickstarter really does uh, is it, is an opt-in and a growth engine to take your audience virally, potentially, past where you thought it was. Every time I run a campaign, I get a few more people. I think it's also, yeah. Yeah, I think it's also like, at least for me, it's 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 a place for you to measure up and set a bar for yourself. Um, And I say that because um, if you want to do a Kickstarter, you, you can do it at any level, but you can look around you and see 30,000 examples of what does it take to be this successful? Okay, well, it takes X. It takes this many followers. It takes a page that looks like this. It takes a video. It takes a whatever. Um, and my opinion is that many, many, many projects get more investment, more upfront dollars, a higher budget because they're going to Kickstarter. They look better out the gate because they know that they're going up against uh, competition in that way. And, um, when a project is going up onto somebody's website, you know, uh, exclusively, or they're, or they're getting dumped into the, uh, the, uh, melting pot of drive through RPG. They just like, there's not the care and attention. Um, but you can put a ton of time into a Kickstarter platform. If you don't hit your goal, it's, it's all wasted. So, we right. see better projects because of that platform, which is right. Great. So, so I, I agree with that. I guess what I was saying is I was talking about Kickstarter in particular, because there's backer kit, there's game found, there's game on tabletop, oh, yeah. there's Indiegogo and, and you know, zine quest was hosted on Kickstarter in particular, but now people are getting a little squirrely about <laughs> Kickstarter in particular for, you know, Oh, look here, you know, we were going to do zine quest for you. Yoink. No, no, we're not. Or what but is what this blockchain thing or whatever. Right. So what, what percentage, my question with that is like, what percentage of the people are actually the buyer? I don't care about the creator because I'm a creator. I can make my own decision. Right. You can make your own decision. That's fine. But I care about what is the buyer choosing. Um, the only stat that I've seen, it was on a, um, a larger board game uh, Facebook group. They did a poll of buyers and said, are you planning if, if Kickstarter moves forward with the blockchain decision? Um, are you planning on leaving the platform? And they had like a scale, right? Of 100% leaving to I'm not going anywhere, right? And like less than 10% of people were planning on leaving in any way, shape or form. Everybody else is planning on staying. And the question- My guess would be that usually the only people that do that sort of uh, answer those are the people that are most passionate. Yeah. So even though though you're going to get- um, you're still only 10%. I bet it's less than that. Oh, definitely. Because it's probably the only 10% of the ones that really care the most. There's going to be most people like, I don't even understand what blockchain is to even make a decision to even answer that. Well, and, and you know, the, the press release that I looked into was so opaque to what it actually meant that, you know, we won't know. I reached out to BackerKit. I said, what does this mean? And they're like, we're as surprised as you are. Yeah, <laughs> we don't yeah. have any inside information. This is not some big thing. So, I mean, it could be anything from we're doing all of this with cryptocurrency, which would probably make a lot of people leave. Yeah. Um, or it could be we're using blockchain to 
do some security thing on the back end, right? To to yeah. to isolate or to protect or whatever, whatever. Uh, or it could be we're doing it because we hate trees or whatever. You know, we we don't know why or what. What's what's the right? Because back when I was working at the the disk drive company, right? You have mission critical and business critical. Yeah. Right. You've got stuff that's that's what business. Uh, uh, I, I always get them backwards. But one is I need to do X in order to secure the long term future of my my business. And the other one is I need to do X because without it, my business shuts down tomorrow. And I don't see yet, it has not been explained to me, nor have I read it, why blockchain falls into any of those two things. Kickstarter is too big. You're hoping that there are smarter people in the, in the background, <laughs> hoping. And Kickstarter is too big to fail, which is not true. But what I'm saying is they're going to make the smart decisions that keep the money coming in. They are printing money. And as long as people are backing and giving money and they get their 10%, 10% doesn't sound like a lot, but we, we all know, well, they get five. That's true. And 5% to the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 5%, but let's be honest. 5% is a huge amount of money given how many projects that fund per month. Yeah. They are not going to make a technical decision that is going to shoot themselves in the foot and change and put that 5% at risk. They're not going to do it. Well, and especially like, I, I just can't see a world where this changes the front end user experience by more than just a, the tiniest of, of bits, right? Like, right, right, right. I mean, you might get a new UI out of this just because they want to update things and, and what it, like there might be something that way, but, but they're not going to fundamentally change the process of a buyer going on, browsing projects, pledging for something and walking away three months later with their thing. So like, as long as the front end experience for the user stays the way it always is, as long as the store is the same, right? Walmart is exactly the same now as what it is. It has the same customers, even though they switch completely how their employees work and, and how everything is on the back end and how you check out and every like everything has changed about the Walmart experience and in the last 10 years. People still go. Why? Because it's Walmart and you're gonna go, right? I, I, uh, I think I think Zach, you've answered the question. We are not going to see zine creators. I could be wrong here. We're not gonna see zine creators jumping ship in mass. This is where this is where we choose to put our product out there for people to see. I think what we're now looking at is a two part, like what you said. We 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 possibly could develop or or support a service that consolidates everything on a monthly basis or weekly or whatever, and then it points back to wherever we choose to host. But I guarantee you, a year from now or two years from now, if that service is available, if you go on there and you watch which services are doing the fundraising for the majority of zines, it's going to point right back to Kickstarter. Well, and the other part of the one press release that I read that was interesting is they were talking about, uh, I think to summarize, it was something like basically Kickstarter is an app to let you self-host. Like they run all the servers in the background, but I could run my Kickstarter from the Gaming Ballistic website and it would be a Kickstarter yeah. infrastructure. That's interesting. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, at that point, they're really offloading all the product. Yeah, you know, I mean, so so you can see where if they were using some sort of blockchain security thing in order to make that kind of distributed 
No, so that would be, so the thing about blockchain is it's distributed computing, right? Um, so maybe it's it not necessarily, maybe that's kind of what they're doing there is, is yeah. to say, well, we'd really like to run Kickstarter as everyone who's running a project runs it a little locally and it all funnels to us up in somewhere else. And then we do our thing and whatever. Uh, so that would be, I don't know if you need blockchain for that or if it makes it better, but if it makes it secure and you can't ride into the heart of somebody's whatever because of it, you know, maybe there is a, a an evolution there that allows you to partake in a crowdfunding experience. And then uh, maybe, either, yeah, maybe yeah. able to cut down servers. So that maybe the whole thing is to say, you know, instead of this room or this building full of servers, we only need one third the servers. Yeah. No, no. The, I mean, it's all speculative, but yeah. The other thing, though, is uh, just a quick note is I think buyers aren't going anywhere until the until something gets as big of a name as Kickstarter. Buyers aren't going anywhere. Creators, though, are a different animal, um, especially zine creators. And the reason being that, uh, first and foremost, they see themselves, we see ourselves in many ways as indies, right? Indie games, indie publishing, where we're fast and light and and we can we can change things on the fly and if we don't like the the choices that kickstarter is making we can go somewhere else because our project is small enough to to be maneuverable right um i think you're going to see not necessarily only because of blockchain but maybe because blockchain and the way that they're at least the way they're handling it is another straw on the camel's back i think you're going to start to see more small publishers trying out these other places you know indiegogo and GameFound and whatnot saying well i don't like how i'm treated on kickstarter and i don't like how kickstarter responds to things i don't like how they present things so um i'm gonna go try something else and if i if it fails i'm out a thousand bucks so i don't care right like that's the freedom of that cobalt press ain't gonna go anywhere unless they believe that their money is gonna go with them right like that's just the way it works um but the smaller ones could um, I do think you're going to see a little bit of that because you have that freedom. I've even, you know, like in the past three months, I've looked and said, maybe at some point I'll try a game fat or I'll try a whatever, right? Like, let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. Um, there's going to be people that are more dedicated than me to trying that at this point, I think. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I, I'm imagining you're going to have to have some sort of core group that you can take with you to whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, for just me just to go put out my scene over on another one, it's not going to probably make much, it's probably not going to do very well. No, I mean, no. It's kind of get you, you know, it's, it. nobody, I don't want to say nobody's making money off itchio, but I don't think anybody's making money off itchio. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know that, and, and let's be fair. Let's be honest. We're doing what we do for a variety of reasons. We are creators. And, but in order for me to be a creator and survive as a creator, I have to pay the bills. And right now, until Kickstarter proves that it can't be trusted to keep me paying my bills, um, they are going to be the primary source for where I market my stuff. And, and I think Zach's right until, you know, there will be a group that doesn't care about that. And, and it could be political. It could be just 
motivational. I'm not sure. Maybe they decide they want to be the king of Ichio and they're going to prove that they can do it. I need to sell a certain amount of content per month to stay alive as a small publisher. And if, if it means Kickstarter is where I have the highest chance to stay doing what I love, um, and it is becoming a job, by the way, guys, and you know it, you know what I'm talking about, but I still enjoy it. I still love it. And as long as I can continue doing it uh, for right now, I'm in sort of, I hate to say it, but I am in the back pocket of Kickstarter. And part of me kind of hopes that maybe Kickstarter does something that allows me to leave that pocket and find another, another venue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. I mean, that was one of the things that I attempted with back, the Back Our Kid experiment last year. Um, last year was the first year that Gaming Ballistic was the only thing that I did. Mm. Um, that was my day job. I had no, nothing else other than trying to publish content uh, for tabletop role-playing games um, in, in 2021. Um, you know, I was profitable. Uh, I met the income goals barely, or was <laughs> anywhere between 91 and 99% of my in- income goal. Uh, that I had. Uh, But make no mistake, that income goal was a third to a quarter what I would expect to be paid in my old career. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not doing this to make money. I want to do it to make money. And there's a trajectory on which I could surpass my old job and, 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 and go there. But it involves 1,000 to 1,500 or 2,000 backers per project. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the range where you're like, I'm doing this and getting, you know, senior staff engineer at a Fortune 500 type income mm-hmm. um, to, to have a, 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 an audience that big. And that's, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. Um, and since we're doing, since we're podcasting and video casting and stuff, I don't, it, it, it's followers on YouTube don't necessarily translate uh, to sales. I was talking to somebody today or, or, or was talking to somebody and, you know, you look at like uh, something, you get like a hundred thousand followers on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And you think, wow, you know, anytime you do anything, you should be able to sell three, 4,000 or something. It isn't necessarily so, or it is so, but they're only going to people are only going to Kickstarter for a small number of backers to get the thing public paid for, and then it's going into distribution or it's going into other channels or direct subscriptions. Right? They're getting their money through. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want your zine. I want your comic book. I want your whatever. And I have. It's if it would be Patreon, except it's not Patreon. It's a subscription, right? Um, and so, so you know, the 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 doing game creation as a living uh, is fraught with peril, uh, unless you're one of the few people who uh, breaks into that that four figure backer count. Um, you know, I tell my my roughly, I mean, I think my the people who follow my Facebook page right now is like eighteen hundred people or something like that. Um, yeah, close to it, um, and a little less than that. And if every single one of those people came <laughs> to every single one of my projects, uh, and everyone's chuckling, and they should, but you know that's a number where there's no project that I can't do unless I get really stupid about it, right? And a great way to break your bank is to like go do a self-starting miniatures project on 1,700 people. 
um, or, and ship the miniatures, right? STL files are different. Um, in any case, point is, is that, you know, if you can bring in 1500 people, there's not much you can't do. Like I've run these numbers. I've got the spreadsheet. I can do a 350 page full color, gloriously illustrated hardback on, on, 1500 people you get into more than that you start being able to say well i'm going to offer this 350 page gloriously illustrated hardback for 50 dollars instead of what the market really suggests you charge which is 60 70 80 for a book that big mm -hmm. right you I, get yeah right I, so hey jeff I, I this is on on topic but it it may seem like it's tangential but listen did anyone else see this one simple post i think it was on the rpg zine group and i believe i could be wrong here but i believe it was somebody associated with exalted funeral i think it was um somebody got on there and basically made an offer that said listen if you're a if you're a small indie publisher and you want to do less you know up to say 500 copies bypass kickstarter reach out to me and i'll talk to you about publishing it on was that exalted funeral that's tony that's tony and he's associated with uh exalted funeral yeah okay so here's my here's my thing there are always going to be other options that one was an amazing option for someone who has not yet run through zine quest who has this really cool idea and they just want to hit 200 or 300 or 500 copies you never know exalted funeral puts it out there it sells out well all of a sudden you've got 500 backers or buyers who might be looking for your next i don't release. know so that's being interesting because exalted funeral i mean it's easy to get lost your product to get lost in a website it totally is it's so i think but they're a lot easier to navigate than say drive through well i guess this is just nothing that's wanted to ask you james well kind of now you're back and i want to back up too <laughs> I think you are the closest that we can have to scientific evidence for Kickstarter. You have produced the same kind of zine. How many, how many Delvers and, uh, and uh, what's the other one? Well, I do a, I do an every other month magazine. And then what yeah. I typically do is as an add on, I offer some secondary book that's within target of the of that group that's yeah so you, you're producing the same size relatively i don't say similar content you've been yeah. doing it for how long uh three three delver three kickstarters delver four launches in two weeks uh and i've also sold almost well the the interesting thing is the backers when they back delver they well over 50 percent of them back the secondary item that i include as an add-on yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, but you're producing and kickstarting every single one of them. Every and they're all about, and they're about the same price range, the same format, same style of audience. So, you actually are a, uh, I think we can look Serial at this. Serial Kickstarterist. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, so, and, and it makes me nervous. I'm, I'm so, in Kickstarter's back pocket. But, but beyond that, what, this is what I'm curious. This is one of the questions I, I think we all kind of like to know. And you may not have enough data to, to, to back this up. But we know, like, I know that it's impossible to do this without, I mean, Kickstarter to have the success, it's impossible. But what I don't know is what does ZineQuest itself, can you, is there any way for you to tell, you've, how many ZineQuests have you done? One I, or two? Delver was not part of ZineQuest. 
Oh, so okay, I, I you validate my, no, my scientific study. No, then. no, you're on to something though. I did a zine quest back at zine quest two. I did a generic fantasy RPG adventure that you know the stats weren't in it, things like that. It was basically just run it with whatever fantasy RPG system you're doing, and it did it did well. I think I had 300 backers because I remember I sent out th- over 300. And so I had an automatic group that I could email and say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this Delver magazine. What I did, Jeff, is I didn't do ZineQuest. I just happened to jump at about the time OSE, Old School Essentials, was becoming uh, a hot RPG. And um, it wasn't done on purpose. I just loved OSE and I wanted to produce something. I'm a writer. And so I, I did it. And I think I just, it was good timing, good timing. The, I think what ZineQuest brings you is a bottom floor. If, I'm, if I was going to give okay. a number to it, like I think based off of what I was seeing at other last year is that there was about, and I could be wrong here, but I think there's about 200 people during ZineQuest that, uh, ZineQuest 3, that were there to buy. They were not there for you. They were not there for me. They were there for ZineQuest. Right. And they were going to back a lot of stuff. Um, a ton of projects, a ton of projects got funded in the two to 300 backer count during ZineQuest. Um, it, it wasn't guaranteed, but if you had, if, if, if that seemed to be around the average uh, uh, threshold and so that to me is, if I say, well, what does ZineQuest bring? Well, it didn't bring all of those people because some of no. those people were shopping Kickstarter beforehand, right? But it didn't bring 500 consistent backers. It didn't bring 500 people who have their wallets open and are ready to back everything that's cool. Um, I think that, you know, there's there's going to be a subset and that subset is going to grow. But I don't I don't think we're talking thousands and thousands of people frequenting new people. I mean, my metrics, I don't think I could go back and look, but I don't recall my metrics for new Kickstarter backers being any different. Right. During ZineQuest, it's it's the same, you know, super high numbers of people like 90 some percent of my people had backed a Kickstarter before, um, you know, if it. it it's not like Kickstarter was out there calling to the masses of RPG people and saying, you've never backed a Kickstarter, but ZineQuest is cool and you should come do that. So we're talking to the same people during ZineQuest that we always talk to. It's just some people have their wallets already open. But see, when I did, when I did ZineQuest, I've never, I never did a Kickstarter before. I, and it, mm-hmm. I don't know that I, I don't know, because we need an alternate reality. We need to experiment. We need... <laughs> Because I did another Kickstarter later in the year, different product, and I did better. Mm-hmm. But I but I also had other people collaborating that brought people, and it's a different. I didn't keep it the same like James did. I didn't. I don't have a. I needed. We need. <laughs> we need to figure out. Sign maybe as a group, we'll do a a a, a, a thing. AB testing. We'll, yeah, exactly. AB testing. <laughs> you can't do it. Kickstarter won't let you do AB testing. You know? yeah, sure we can. We, we we have spouses. We can open up accounts <laughs> in their names. Yeah, and we will. <laughs> well, I did. So, so last year, uh, I did uh, a zine. I'm going to get my dates wrong here, um, but I did one for Zine Quest uh, at the tail end of it with a partner. Um, right at the tail end of Zine Quest, and we had done. Uh, it was a follow up to another adventure uh, zine that we had done in the fall. So 
exact same line, same presentation, same artist, same, like everything is super similar. We sold uh, book one alongside book two in the second Kickstarter. So like we weren't missing backers because they couldn't get book one. Um, and we sold slightly more copies of book two than we did book one. Um, the numbers were almost identical. And, you know, we launched that at the very, very end of ZineQuest where I feel like, like, I think we launched that one on the last day because we were doing a whole bunch of other projects. Um, and I think that there was some amount of those 200 people being fatigued, their wallets were empty and they were done, but we still had our core audience and we still picked up some of the Kickstarter folks. Um, but we did not see a significant change um, at all for being in ZineQuest month. That said, that said, I think that if you're a project that only really needs two to 300 backers to be the success level that you want, and you're a first time creator, um, as long as you can still put out a, 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 you know, a lot, you know, a, a good looking product, I think that you can have a high likelihood of success with ZineQuest. Hey, Zach. Yeah. Uh, you said something that was really interesting. There are going to be people listening to this who are, I don't know if they're going to be feeling happy or sad or worried or anxious, but, you know, the rules of ZineQuest originally said, you know, two weeks, you can run it for two weeks. So one yeah. thing I want to make sure people who are listening to this understand who are considering running a ZineQuest is if they're not going to run it in February, there is still going to be a lot of people that come to Kickstarter in February. Oh, expecting so many. It. Yeah. So, so now you can do this. You make sure that your zine is up and going on February 1. And if you're not really in it for, if you're just doing a one-off, run it for 30 days. Run it for the entire period of February, which is when people expect Zine Quest to be running. Sell as many as you can. Take advantage of that. And yeah. if you do well, August is just around the corner and issue number two or, or whatever you want to publish. But I think I do worry that all of our talk here may discourage some of these indie creators. And so I want to make sure before we leave that we, we let them know that, yeah, Kickstarter is not running it in February, but this isn't necessarily the end of the world. There are things you can do. And one of those is launch it. You're not going to make any money. You're not going to sell any copies if you don't go ahead and just put it on there. Don't depend on ZineQuest. ZineQuest could run in August. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Don't depend on that. If you've got something you want to sell to people to put out there that you think will benefit their game, go ahead and, go ahead and launch it. Launch mm -hmm. it for two weeks. Launch it for four weeks, whatever, and see what happens. Well, I think now, the yeah. thing – oh, go ahead, Doug. You know, I was just going to – I was – I just had an idea. You know, one of the things that – I do in my Kickstarters and maybe too much, um, but I do a lot of updates, right? My, my, my backers are well-informed, mm -hmm. maybe overly informed. However, one of the things that happened on my Beast Jerry Kickstarter was I was in with Kickstarter with an accepted project early. Yep. And I had the follow page out for a mm -hmm. while i'm wondering if the three thousand members of the rpg zines uh, facebook community 
pick up this ball and run with it a little bit. So during the month of February, stage your Kickstarter. Get it up there, submit it. And that creates follow this campaign pages. And then somebody, maybe maybe some people, go early. Go in the middle of February. But those people are like established, right? People like yourself who have done four of these or whatever. Uh, and then every two or three days, you look, everyone puts ZineQuest or ZQ in the title or something. You do a search under ZQ or whatever, and you say, hey, here's a new one. Here's something from somebody I've heard of before. And here's something I just thought was cool. And every couple of days, you pick three. And since all of those follow the pages are out there, you can go and click and do whatever. And it becomes 3,000 people with word of mouth. I like say that. here's what I'm doing, right? Uh, I mean, networking is it, networking is can be passive and facilitated, but c- it can also be active in a, a community like ZineQuest. I have never seen a more polite Facebook group than, <laughs> than the ZineQuest than the Zine uh, RPG Zines group. Holy crap! These are some nice folks, right? Um, and, and you don't get a lot of the the backbiting and the politics. <laughs> it, it, it's a well-run collaborative community. Um, and one of the reasons, I mean, seriously, one of the reasons that I feel like I want to do some zines is to be legit part of it. Cause I think I have some stuff to offer. Um, but I don't drop stuff in there other than when like Tim shorts, who I used to game with says, come on, Doug, you gotta, you gotta drop a link in here sometime. Um, but I try not to, cause I'm not doing zines right yet, but I want to, because it's a great community. And it's very supportive. Um, and, and so that, that's definitely, I mean, I don't know if you looked, but the, the zine month international has half of your subscribers on Facebook. It's half the size of, of RPG zines. So, I mean, and you know, uh, if you started a, a Reddit group for people who hate Facebook, uh, that was an RPG, RPG zines, Reddit, you know, a couple of cross posts into our RPG with 1.3 million viewers. You don't have to split off very many. So, I mean, there's, 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 uh, there's an opportunity here to leverage the Kickstarter platform, but do it organically over the course of a couple of months, right? It doesn't have to be one month. You say, okay, we're launching this. Like the, these people who are ready to go, we're going. But everybody else, don't panic. Submit your project. And by the way, when you submit your project, it doesn't have to be all I's dotted and all T's crossed. I revised my bestiary uh, campaign ridiculous so extensively that I had people saying, wait, is this really what? I said, oh, yep, yeah, that's a revision. Got to do that after it's live. Um, but it was the kind of thing where, you know, once you have that little landing page, click here to follow, then people who are interested in what you do, so you could have, you know, 50 or 100 or whatever people jump on your project the first day, and that makes a big deal. I mean, that'll, that'll for a zine, that might cover the costs, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, I mean, that's the kind of thing where a little bit of uh, we're gonna we're gonna say, okay, thanks for your platform Kickstarter, but we'll take it from here. Um, it, it it and they still get their five percent. Who cares, right? You know. So, I mean, the only thing that you're missing is is them saying, hey, everyone sees this. But honestly, with three thousand people sitting in RPG zines, um. That's 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 an that 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 is an extensively networked audience right there. 
Yeah, I think that you're right. There is definitely some things we we can do, and who knows, you know, like somebody was, you know, we create our own campaign, put our own little, you know, emblem with it, and and hashtag. And you're right, there are opportunities. But but uh, also, I think too, you know, with with James talking about going ahead with February, I think I think we have different people. Um, they're they're. Maybe I shouldn't divide it in this way, but there are people who have one thing they're doing this year. And then you got other people who have multiple things they do this year. And I think this is what's really going to, um, how we make our decisions are going to a lot, a lot of ways be based on that. So I think it may, does make sense if you do have stuff ready to go ahead and do it in February, but also I want to have more stuff to do this year. And I'm, I'm going to be launching this no matter what. So it may, I may shuffle things around a bit, but, I'm planning more than one thing this year, so I can't be just uh, waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, right, and that's the other thing is, especially if you're trying to do this for supplemental or consistent, or you know, my day job pays the bills, but my RPG writing lets me have both creative fun inside, but also that's where my, you know, fun well, money comes from. But the problem is, you can't fulfill. I mean, you can't start another one unless you got a certain number of previous successful ones. You can't start another one without having fulfilled the previous one. And so if, if you are, if I have something that's mostly done, I can't put that off to August to now work on something that's not done. So I thought the new rules allowed for interleave stuff in the RPG space. I think I thought you had to have like four, six, four completed and um, like completed uh, also fulfilled okay. Kickstarters before they'll allow that, I okay. believe. And, and they do it. And I still think they review it. Yes. Like they don't, it's not, it's not in the software where it's just like click. It's uh, right. because I'm at that point now where I've sort of, I've sort of dug my own grave in the sense that I'm publishing something every 60 days and the schedule is the same. So right. if I want to do a second Kickstarter, I have to be very, very careful about fulfillment because if it's not fulfilled at like 80% or something like that or more, they'll, they'll flag the flag it and say, you know, declined. Mm. Um, so you got to be careful. So the, the, what I would suggest in that particular case is, um, take your physical fulfillment out of the question yeah and i'm go working to, go on to that. go to backer kit yeah yeah go and, to backer and, kit and yeah and you but you know to be fair to those listening you really you don't want to do that until you reach a certain point <laughs> backer kit is great and i'm doing the, the research on it but my fulfillment is just now after three issues reaching the point where backer kit is becoming a very very appealing you know idea see that that's interesting because i'm looking at your your page right now and you know you've hit 500 to almost you know 500 to 650 backers on each of delver delver 2 and delver 3 um what percentage of of your uh folks went physical uh 80 percent. yeah okay so that was my experience too yours your percentage is higher than mine um by a bit but not that much for my my is about two to one yeah, uh, about two thirds for of mine go. Uh, uh, are you U.S. only? I I do international, but I have to do you know sort of the workaround where I yeah. I, I invoice them for the shipping afterwards. Now 
I, I realize how backer right. kit's going to help me with that. The problem right. with backer kit is my international isn't as big as the U.S. by a significant amount. Oh, sure. And so, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to shut off my international backers. Right. Right. Uh, they they've um, gotten used to getting it. So talk talk to me offline. I will. <laughs> I'll do that. Talk to me because because this this particular I, I partnered with a couple of people for my big bestiary, uh-huh. um, and I think there's a way for some of this small stuff to happen a little better. Yeah. Uh, talk well, to me my, offline. Yeah. My 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 point wasn't to warn any any new content creators away from backer kit. Absolutely. No. Use it if you want to use it. It's just, I see the power of backer kit coming for no. me later. In so, the- and let me clarify the reason I'm saying that is because um, the rate limiting, if you have a zine and it's done and you're going to press with it or you or you can finish what you're doing during the two weeks yes. of your Kickstarter and the two weeks is 17 days that it takes them to freaking pay you. Right. Um, so you have a month, right? So if you're mostly done and you feel like you can finish, get to PDF stage, you can literally fulfill your Kickstarter the day that they pay you. And let me tell you, that's been the secret of right. my, I, I believe that's been the secret of my Kickstarter is my promise to the backers or semi-promise has always been, look, 90% of my product is going to be done when the right. Kickstarter ends. So I can immediately get those files to the printer and immediately start fulfilling them as soon as the print copies come in and that has helped and i I know we're getting off topic here but let me throw that out to the new creator you know if you're going to offer a zine and you want to try to up your traffic you know try to have it ready to go when the kickstarter ends don't nothing irritates me more than a product because i'm a writer i have written on collaborative stuff all it takes is one collaborative writer to not have their stuff ready and it slows the process down. If you're a sole creator, that problem does not exist for you. Yeah, at least as far as if you're doing stock art. Yeah, cr- oh, yeah right. Correct, correct. And, and, and by the way, <laughs> unless you are art, an artist or you personally know an artist <laughs> who's working with you, do stock art. There's a yeah. lot of great stuff out there. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know unless you're trying to and this is a legitimate unless you're trying to wow people with the art definitely pillage the 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 stock art places because like one of my favorite uh illustrations uh i cobbled together by photoshop bashing um uh, a couple, two pieces of stock art. I, I grabbed a, 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 a license for, no, is, it, is that it? I, I, I kind of want to show it, but uh, no, that's not it. Um, to finish, to finish, to finish. There it is. There it is my wyvern. My wyvern. I want to, can I share my screen? Uh, I um, think you can. I cannot. It's been disabled. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, so I, I went to a stock art place and I got a cool picture of a of a, a fully digital rendered artist of a, of a of a wyvern, right? A dragon uh, uh, with no arms, right? Just wings and legs. Um, and then I found somebody playing with a flamethrower. And so I took the flame from the flamethrower and the uh, stock art, and I rotated and twitch and layer and and go. Um, and with affinity photo you can do that for like 35 dollars now instead of 50 dollars a month um 
So boom, right? I mean, that probably cost me about eight bucks. Yeah. Right. To, I, to, I, I agree. Uh, it's, it's creating your own art. Yeah. Hands down. Uh, you know, people listening to this are going to be like, I, you know what? I, do I pull the trigger or do I not? And I think all of us are saying, oh, yeah. If you're going to, yeah, do absolutely it, pull the trigger. Yeah. Pull the trigger. But, but, you know, especially your first couple of times out, uh, you know, stock one art, of the things, definitely. yeah, stock art is a great way. To, and, 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 or, or, and, and, you know, like you said, who's the rate limiting step here? If you're working with a great artist who you know is on time, on budget, gets it done, isn't going to get COVID, isn't going to flake out, isn't going to change your mind, isn't going to get a new commission that is really better than yours. And so they need to put yours aside because that one pays the bills and you're doing a little zine that, that is, you know, going to pay them $122 ever uh, or something uh, if they're lucky. Um, right. So, so, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why your critical path to borrow a project management term, you know, is going to be delayed because um, it all has to come together. And if you can do stock art, it is, first of all, much less expensive because it's not just yours. It's faster because it's click, click download. Um, public domain art is very evocative because there's been thousands of years of it. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of great ways to do oh. some really nifty stuff. Oh, there um, is. Right? There is. It looks like we're getting close to the the, uh, the limit here of our <laughs> space-time continuum, that <laughs> bubble that we're in. I'd like to take a few minutes if, because <clears throat> I know not everybody's like, Doug, you're not doing uh, uh, zines at the moment, but I guess in light of what's been going on, do you, how does that affect your work, uh, your planned work going through Kickstarter? Like is, is what's transpired in the last, last few days, has that changed your, your, your plans for future uh, usage of Kickstarter and or ZineQuest? I don't think so. Uh, although I honestly moving a ZineQuest to August, uh, uh, and, and let's face it, right? A zine is you. I mean, there's some people who drop 200 page zines, but for most people, a zine is something that you can do on a six month or less interval. So having one in February and another one in August seems like the right thing to do as well. But if they move it to August, it might mean that I can intercept it, right? My next month or so is a 200 page hardback that I'm putting together from, from my last uh, uh, project. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with it but it's a lot of work, right? I got to do 10 to 20 monsters every day to make it happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, if ZineQuest moves, I mean, in a way for me, that's good because it gives me an opportunity to intercept. The concept of a zine is not necessarily that different from the concept of an eight to 15 page or like say an eight page or a series of pages that I might give to Patreon and then assemble those into a zine and launch that as a regular product uh, right. and I have a couple ideas for what that could be. Uh, and we'll see, I mean, I've got a, a, a yeah. So, but to me, at least it's, uh, if I were to do a zine, it would have to be something where I'm like, I have a concept and I know exactly how to execute that concept. And it's not a creativity drain to do it. Like a great example would be like a book, you know, 16 NPCs a month or something like that right? Where I know what I'm doing. I can go click, click, click. 
I can do a little random number generator as an idea starter. Clack, 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 clack. Okay, boom, done. Right. I, uh, there you go. Here's, here's 16 NPCs. They're cool. They're evocative. They've got personality and they're always going to flow. Okay, I can do that. Right. Uh, there are other things that I can think of uh, uh, that you could do, like people who used to do the GURPS vehicles, vehicle of the week. Right, because right? that was a process, and but doing it was worth it. And then if you could illustrate it or say, "Hey, here's a public domain picture of an armored vehicle, and here's the write-up," boom, 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 flip it up, done. Right? Um, you know, if it's like, "Oh my God, I have to come up with a new adventure, and this is so hard," and whatever, that that's not that's not zine. That's product. You know what I mean? Right. To me, at least. So, so my overall impression is that moving it to August might help me as a, Hey, I could participate in a thing. But if you guys are like, Hey, we're launching zines are going in February and we're going to do the rolling promotion thing. I might be able to get something ready for March. Right. Right. I'm hoping to send my files to the printer mid Feb. So. Right. What about for you, Zach, this is the news and the way Kickstarter has been handling this and with zine quest. And I know you've got, mobile projects that you're you're involved with in different ways how's is this change your way of thinking at all uh no it it won't change any of our in-house projects it'll change a little bit of our marketing right like like you know we were we a lot of our marketing had the word zine quest and we're super excited about being a part of it that's fine we'll just i'll put that hashtag in right um there's a few projects from for clients and things that'll probably shuffle around a little bit you know um with some of the smaller projects i say oh well let's shoot for zine quest because might as well right um well now we don't have to shoot for we don't have a deadline that's as tight by somebody else so i've already had a conversation with one client where i said you know we were pushing hard for zine quest but really if this project could have another three weeks to breathe that'd be great so let's just let it have the three weeks now and it'll be all right so i think very marginal changes on my end what about you james uh i will continue to put out delver until the the backers stop. You're, you're you're already you're the machine's running you're not going to change the machine it's i'm not going to change it for delver but what i am seriously looking forward to and I think I'm going to have to up my participation is all this discussion going on that this is stirred up on the RPG zine Facebook group. There were four or five, maybe more ideas or sites or concepts that were pitched. And what I think I'm going to have to do over the next few days or weeks is I'm going to have to really look into these and talk to the people who are pitching them, because I do think that it's important that if all right look if zine quest got moved from february to august that's fine but we have no promises no promises that after zine quest in august that there's going to be a zine quest five you know Mm -hmm. so i think it is in our best interest to listen to those folks who are trying to come up with some ideas i don't have time to do it I don't have time to look for, for, to create an alternative to what we're doing. So what I'm willing to do right now is get behind anyone who has what I consider to be a very solid idea for how we could make lemonade here, right? And if somebody pitches the right idea, 
I think they could really change the flow of this because if enough of us get behind it and say, we're going to use this service X, if it truly will allow us to increase our product instead of say once a year, or in my case, every other month, I would love to produce something monthly, but I want to be able to get it in the eyes of those people who want to buy it. And that's that service that we're talking about. What is that going to be? Who is going to be pulling in these potential buyers and showing them a list of all the month of the week or whatever? So I'm not worried about Kickstarter. What I'm worried about is finding and encouraging the proper channel. And hopefully we can, we can find that, that person or that group and, and get behind them. I think for me, what's going to mean is I've, I've kind of structured my projects around ZineQuest. So I was like, okay, I know I want this to be the ZineQuest project and the way I focus, but I think going forward, um, we don't know. And I'm not going to necessarily try and think about, I'm not sure exactly what's going to mean. Um, but I did kind of schedule in my mind how I want projects to lay out during the year and which ones I wanted to be a Kickstarter or to be a ZineQuest. So I think from now on, I'm not even going to necessarily plan that. I may may try and plan certain big ones, maybe six months apart, maybe have some sort of flexibility in my mind and then just adjust accordingly. But at this moment, I, I just realized I can't plan on it. There being a ZineQuest. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It, it just, uh, and you know, I think it was always, it, it, I assumed, I mean, <laughs> they fit three years in a row. They're always terrible about about communication. It, this whole thing just always seemed like an afterthought, but always it always seemed like it was going to happen no matter what. So it's just like in life, you just don't know. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't understand all the implications. Why? But all we do know is that that um, it is in a very substantial. Uh, it's not a fixed point on their calendar ever. It's just it may happen or may not. And um, and I just can't be planning my 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 mind around those particular dates being a thing. But you know, I I do want to point I mean or, or just reiterate, ZineQuest is a marketing thing. It doesn't prevent a darn person on this planet who was intending to do a thing from doing that thing. Right? No, but but what it does do, I will say, is more than anything, it's a fixed date that. I will drive hard to make. Right. Agreed. But I guess my, my point is that just because kick, if you do not control your own schedule, then you do not control your own schedule. If you if we as creators are depending on Kickstarter to say right. Bean Quest in February and Kickstarter says, eh, nah, then, then you're out of luck. So unless the zine creation community says we are going to do this and we are going to do it in february and we're going to load our projects in and if kickstarter wants to promote it yay freaking team but we have a group with three thousand people and a reddit with three thousand more or whatever who are all going to be aiming our our uh and a twitter account you know rpg zines month or rpg zines today or whatever that that we can all follow right. and hashtag right i mean it, it's the the thing about zine quest is it's a date and it's a community it, right. It's so a we, way we of getting the word out. Because we could do three dates in a year or whatever it may be. Right. 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 And so, so 
it is awesome to have a widely covered. So the other thing you can do is if we have something uh, and I say we like I'm going to do it, but if I'm going to get this ball rolling, then I will. Right. I mean, I may not be February, but I'll do something. Um, Cause right. You know, you don't lead and then say, okay, everyone go that way. And I'm going to go read a book. Um, but if we're going to do this, then you say, okay, we'll do this. And um, the, uh, uh, We'll do it every month or three times a month or whatever, but we'll create these these forums and then promote them. And, you know, then we can go as a community of 3000 people to Kickstarter and say, we'd really like you to promote this. We've done the work. Right. Here's our landing page. Here's our Twitter thing. We'd really like we think that it would be valuable for you guys to draw extra people than the people we're already bringing uh, for a project we love. Yeah, we may be able to wag the dog. Right. Right. The whole thing about, you know, you, uh, uh, with $10, you know, the bank owns you. and With a million dollars, you own the bank. Right. It, it's the same thing. If you've got, because, you know, you figure if you're bringing people who aren't already on Kickstarter to their platform, they will eventually spend money there outside of RPG zines. Right. It's not just their yep. 5% right. of $5 exactly. that, that Kickstarter gets. So it's win-win. And if you, if we could just, get in the boat and row it ourselves you know we don't need kickstarter to do yeah, this agreed we just probably need to start focusing on our on our on the zinger but it's like we're hitting a hard stop james uh we don't want him to uh run fade out away before our very eyes <laughs> <I don't> wanna, <laughs> i'm saving it locally so all right um Go ahead, James. Oh, I, I was going to say, this is a conversation we could continue for days and days and days. What I would really like to suggest is this group right here. I enjoy listening and chatting with y'all. We need to make this more regular. Agreed. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Happy to. So that was actually uh, one of my business goals this year. More, more, <laughs> more networking. Uh, more, more regular things like podcasts or video content or just just chatting gaming more frequently so people who can see what i'm doing and every now and then you know maybe come by myself or at least hear about it or whatever yeah. um but yeah more networking more discussion about gaming getting out there more yeah i think it's it's you know we a lot of people we're all in this kind of same creative space so it's it's content that people kind of want but it's also just kind of good for us to be able to no excuse to, to talk about this. So we recall this uh, an evening. Uh, thank you, everyone. And we will uh, we'll convene again, uh, hopefully soon. We'll figure out a couple weeks or a few weeks or whatever works for us. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff.